Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Gianna Melillo, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. The 340B drug pricing program was first established in 1992 and allows participating hospitals to manufacture discounts on drugs used in an outpatient setting. In the years since, federal agencies have clarified savings from the program should be directed at improving care for underserved patients. One method of doing this is providing uncompensated care or charity care and other unreimbursed care to uninsured or underinsured patients. In the years since its inception, debates around the program have centered on whether savings actually benefit the underserved as intended. To determine whether hospital provision of uncompensated care increased following hospital entry into the 340B program, Dr. Sunita Desai and Dr. J. Michael McWilliams analyzed secondary data on 340B participation and uncompensated care provision from general acute care and critical access hospitals from 2003 to 2015. Their study, 340B Drug Pricing Program and Hospital Provision of Uncompensated Care, was published in the October issue of the American Journal of Managed Care and is now available online. On this episode of Managed Carecast, Dr. Desai discusses the study's findings, what they mean, and next steps for the 340B program. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Dr. Desai. To begin, could you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about the work you do, and explain your most recent study? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. It's really exciting to have the chance to share my work. So I'm a health economist and an assistant professor in the Department of Population Health at NYU Langone. Uh, The goal of our study was to evaluate whether the 340B drug pricing program is being effectively used by hospitals to benefit low-income populations uh, in the form of uncompensated care provision. So I'll give a brief primer of the 340B program. The 340B program is a federal safety net program that entitles eligible hospitals to discounts on nearly all purchases of drugs, and it relies on hospitals to use the surplus from these discounts to benefit in-need populations, but it doesn't provide any direct incentive for them to actually do so. And the 340B program is large. Uh, Almost half of nonprofit hospitals and public hospitals are in it. Um, And the discounts that hospitals receive are also large. Uh, They start at over 20% of the price paid by non-340B providers. Uh, So we're talking a lot of money. So if hospitals are using the program uh, resources to invest in safety net communities, we'd expect to see an increase in uncompensated care spending in the years following following 340B program entry. Uncompensated care includes charity care and other unreimbursed care provided to uninsured and underinsured patients. So it's a key mechanism by which hospitals Uh, devote resources to the care of vulnerable populations. So our analysis uh, measures whether year-over-year changes in uncompensated care costs increase more after a a hospital enters the 340B program compared to changes in uncompensated care among similar hospitals 
not participating in the 340B program in those same years. I see. And so this program has been debated extensively in recent years with hospitals insisting they need these funds to cover the cost of uncompensated care. Is your study the first that looks at whether the funds actually increased spending on this uncompensated care? So there's a small but growing literature on the 340B program. Um, I would say our work differs from the few papers out there in two key ways. First, we conduct longitudinal analyses comparing different changes in uncompensated care costs over time uh, between hospitals, whereas most of the prevailing work relies on cross-sectional comparisons, uh, comparing outcomes for 340B and non-340B hospitals at a point in time. So the limitation of cross-sectional analyses is that 340B and non-340B hospitals differ in ways other than just their 340B status. Um, In particular, 340B hospitals are by definition of their eligibility criteria located in more impoverished areas. And so even in the absence of the 340B program, we'd expect these hospitals to have more uncompensated care compared to non-340B hospitals. Uh, And so a comparison of of outcomes at a snapshot in time conflates differences due to the 340B program with differences due to all these other reasons. Uh, Our longitudinal analysis allows us to implicitly control for a lot of these differences by comparing changes over time. And the second difference uh, is that we separately analyze general acute hospitals and critical access hospitals, uh, the latter group which became 340B eligible following the ACA. Uh, These are very different types of hospitals. So just for some context, the average uncompensated care uh, costs for general acute hospitals in our data was $26 million in the baseline year, uh, compared to just $1.6 million for critical access hospitals in the baseline year. So critical access hospitals are much, much smaller than general acute hospitals. They're typically located in rural areas, Uh, and serve under-resourced communities. So it was important uh, for us to examine program effects uh, separately for both groups. What were the main findings of your study? So our main finding is that we don't find evidence that hospital entry into the 340B program is associated with increases in uncompensated care spending. In other words, you know, if hospitals are using 340B funds to expand uncompensated care, we'd expect that in the years after a hospital enters, the growth in their uncompensated care should accelerate relative to the growth for non-participating hospitals. But we don't see any such acceleration for either general acute hospitals or critical access hospitals. And were you and your colleagues surprised that these hospitals didn't seem to provide more uncompensated care after entering the program? Well, the amount of funds being redistributed to 340B hospitals through this program is substantial. Uh, Again, it's almost half of nonprofit and for-profit hospitals um, with getting discounts of at least 20%, you know, sometimes going all the way up to 50%. And if hospitals were using 340B funds to benefit low-income populations, 
we'd expect to see some movement on uncompensated care, you know, this, this key outcome. So in some ways, yes, it's surprising and disappointing that we didn't see any change uh, following participation. Um, but on the other hand, the program entitles hospitals to these discounts, and it doesn't provide any direct incentive for them to use the funds in any specific way. And so purely just looking at the incentive structure and kind of design of this program, it's perhaps not as surprising that we didn't see an effect. What would be needed to ensure that these hospitals do invest the savings into care for the uninsured? Yeah, I mean, you know, supporting safety net providers and pop the populations they serve is, is really important, especially in light of, you know, disparities and, and growing inequality. Um, and I think there are a number of ways in which we could better target the savings to the populations we want to benefit. So, you know, for example, currently 340B purchase drugs can be dispensed to any of a hospital's patients, regardless of need. We could require that hospitals can only administer or dispense these 340B purchase drugs to safety net populations, you know, however we uh, might define them. Um, we can also establish ways in which hospitals can pass on their discounts through cost sharing assistance to target populations. We could uh, increase reporting and oversight of the magnitude of surplus hospitals are generating through these discounts. And similarly, we could require more reporting and oversight over how these funds are used. Um, you know, those are all more incremental kind of tinkering around the edges of the program. We could also consider more structural shifts in how we finance safety net care. Um, in particular, you know, rather than indirectly financing safety net care uh, and safety net providers through things like, like drug discounts, um, more directly and transparently targeting resources to providers and patient populations in need could be more effective. And so those types of more structural changes uh, could also be considered. And in a similar vein, are there any other questions around the 340B program that you would like to see investigated? I think there's still a fair degree we don't know about the 340B program. Um, you know, I think uh, one limitation of our work is that our analysis wouldn't capture whether the 340B program is preventing closures of rural hospitals. Um, there's, you know, still uh, yet work to be done on that uh, question. And, you know, of course, understanding the extent to which the program might be supporting the financial viability of especially small rural hospitals is important to developing a policy response. Um, similarly, most of the work so far has focused on the uh, impact of 340B on hospitals, but actually most 340B providers are not hospitals. They're small clinics, they're federally qualified health centers, HIV clinics, et cetera. And we need more evidence around whether the program is serving these other provider types uh, who provide very important services um, to, to safety net communities. And finally, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I think there's still a lot of big picture work we still need to do on how we should be designing effective policies 
to finance and support the health and healthcare of safety, safety net populations more generally. Well, those are all the questions I had prepared, but is there anything we didn't touch on you'd like to include, or do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share? No, I think we we covered it all. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.